Hello and welcome to Philly and the Over, a brand new Philadelphia-based sports gambling podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe Simonera. I'm joined by Shane Curran. Shane, tell us what's on tap for today. The Masters, NBA playoffs, Philly season opener. All right, time to cash in. Joe, welcome back to the show. Busy week, the Masters going on. I love it. I love this time of year. I love, there's there's so much going on. It's not like, it, it, it's almost like a, a exciting time to like, it's almost like preemptive. Like, you know, so much stuff is coming. So you get by, you know, March Madness ends, and then you're just right into MLB starting, uh, Masters, your NBA playoffs around the corner, NHL playoffs around the corner. It's crazy. Um, uh, we don't need to get into the the end of the national championship game, which was just a blowout and no one watched yeah. it. But we should talk about what happens when the luckiest person in the world does a block pool with the unluckiest person in the mm. world. And that, that's what yeah. happened to us. Our numbers were six and two. It was us, it was 76 to 59. At the end of this game, this was the final block, the most money we could have won. It would have been a very substantial amount. Shane is so lucky that I really thought San Diego State has the ball. They're going to make a garbage time three and we're going to win. Uh, scrub player takes a shot, short, front iron, off, we lose. And then I remember that I'm the unluckiest person in the world. So that's two straight block pools for the NCAA tournament where my numbers did not come up at all. Player. So you mentioned scrub player, but those players, games. they want to get their points up on the board. They want to be remembered for scoring a point because that's going to be I their thought, legacy, right? Exactly. They scored a point a- in a national championship game. Absolutely. The only thing that that is, it, it's sort of, it made me think we we're going to lose. When that guy caught the ball, he was so shocked to be that open yep. that he almost kicked the ball back out to the key. Yep. So he did that like slight hesitation rather than just like catch and release. And I, I truly think that's why he left it short. That was absolutely the closest I've ever come to blacking out. I may have blacked out for a second, like when that ball is in the air, because it was like I was oh, standing. That, that ball took about five seconds. It, it did. It was up there forever. I was standing, and like the next thing I know, I'm like laying on my coffee table, just in in agony. But um, yeah, not much more to report from the NCAA tournament. Uh, congrats to UConn, just dominated the entire thing. Which, I, like I said from the first time we talked about it, there's no good teams in college basketball this year, and that kind of thing was going to happen. It was open to anyone. No one watched it. I, you know, I don't know. Just Whatever. Let's move on to the Masters. I'm still... We should actually find who the kid was on San Diego State and try to get him on the podcast. <laughs> try, to, try to shake him down. Oh, that's All great. right, Shane Masters. Speaking, well, well before we get to that, so speaking of the ball oh, no. being in the air for forever, did you see Wembenyama's dunk? It can't be real. Okay. I've not, I've so not for seen those who haven't seen a it, clean let me just, look at it. Let me just... So I, I've seen I've seen every single angle. Let me describe it for the listeners. So uh, Victor Wembenyama, the... the Consensus number one overall pick going into this year's NBA draft had he's what seven foot one already, and he's 19 years old, yeah. but he's he's as fluid as Durant. He has handles like Curry, and he is the defensibility of like Matumbo. He's just a, a rim protector. So Incredibly he's out. Long arms. Yeah. So he's out uh, beyond the three point line. And granted, it's not as as far back as it is in the NBA game, but he is dribbling around and does a step back three pointer that he left short. Now. He leaves it short. It hits a front rim. He knew as soon as it left his hands that it was short. He follows the ball, catches it off the rim, and slams it home. So he did all of that within the matter of like two seconds. Misses a step back three pointer and then slams home the rebound. It's 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 just unreal. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen that type of play before in in the NBA or in and, in, in basketball. 
and he's he's probably like 60 pounds soaking wet honestly he's all limbs and he just kind of like it almost looks like some sort of an animal like because the, the angle i saw he shoots a three and then you see him dunk it and i was like not real but then i'm watching it more and more and i'm like okay this might be real he looks like like some kind of like majestic creature just like yeah he comes out of nowhere and just there's one it's crazy and when you think about it i think that most nba players who shoot threes uh a lot of times they make them and yeah. or if, if not they're not following the shot correct so i really can't remember seeing anything quite and it looked no. it's probably happened before but it looks so odd for some reason like it, it looked so much so much more impressive than if it happened before but uh yeah just an yeah, impressive, it's, it's almost uh, it almost reminds me of like the first few times you saw like Giannis like really push the ball and he would dribble the ball once after he crossed yep. half court take two steps and be in there for a layup. And you're like, he took three steps on this side yep. of the half court. There's no way that's not a walk. And then you watch it again. You're like, yeah. Oh yeah, he's, he's just that long. Yep. Uh, but, but hearing what the NBA players are saying about this guy, it's truly incredible. I mean, like Kerry says, it looks like it was a, a player created in 2k. Giannis yeah, is saying does. we've never seen a player like this. And that's coming from Giannis who we've never seen a player like him before. So yep. it's, it's truly incredible. I can't wait to watch this guy next year. I, I'm, I think he's going to just take over the league his, his rookie year. I think yes, he'll, he'll be it's going, to be, going to be incredible. Moving on to the masters, exciting time for golf. This is going to be, uh, I want to say one of the more controversial masters, but it, there's a lot of talk going on because the LIV players are playing in this tournament. And there are some big names that are playing from the LIV. Some of those being, um, Cam Smith, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed, Bubba Watson, uh, Henrik Stenson, uh, Usufsson, and Brooks Kepta. And Brooks Kepta is actually in the lead right now. Granted, the the first round has yet to end, but he is uh, tied for first place uh, with two other golfers at minus seven. That's uh, Hovland and John Rahm, who's one of the favorites to win this. So, Joe, have you, I guess, any any thoughts on the, the LIV players playing in this? Well, yeah, like I don't know anything. I, I did not follow the story from the start, and I just don't feel like going back and, and learning about it. So it just it anytime there's some other thing that's happening around the main event, mm -hmm. it, it takes me out of it for some yeah. reason. Like does like I I do enjoy I enjoy watching golf. Uh, I don't enjoy playing it. Love to watch it. Uh, love to bet on it. But there's something about this one where it's just like they're talking about this this LIV thing and and Greg Norman or something. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. I can't I can't like I have enough with the NBA and the MLB starting in March Madness and, and the Flyers and all this stuff. I, I can't I can't keep golf that straight in my head. I can't dive into those stories. Um, so I don't know. It just feels like a little it just feel it doesn't feel like it has the same momentum for me that uh that that i think it it has in your years past uh granted i'm still gonna watch it. it's probably still gonna be a great tournament um but i really just did not have a have a great feel for it from from the get um not sure you know not sure who who's gonna come out on top i think there's some some popular names uh you mentioned kepka who's who's at the top of the leaderboard uh kind of towards the end of day one we'll see how that holds up but um i think it's still a lot of good a lot of good players and you know a lot of interesting uh a lot of interesting bets i saw one it was um Tiger Woods make a hole in one, five bucks to win three thirty. Let's, yeah. let's see what he can do. I don't know how, how did he play today. Did he finish yet, Tiger? I haven't seen his uh, final posting yet. But do you have any strategy that you go into in terms of betting golf? Like when I look at golf, I, I tend to stay away from the favorites and in, in all possibilities. I like to, especially in these type of tournaments like the majors, I like to look for guys who are further down the board in terms of like round one leaders. So you can try and make some money right out of the, the get-go. And yep. I'm actually doing pretty well on this one. I took five golfers, uh, 
to to win it round or to have the lead after one. And one of them was Kepka, and he was uh, 44 to, or I'm sorry, he was 37 to one. So that's a, that's a pretty good way to start the tournament. If, yep. if he hangs on here, that pays for the rest of my weekend, right? So the other guys, I, I tend to wait and, and take some guys like further down the list. My strategy is... I, I tend to look for the guys who are supposed to do well. And one of the examples of that might be like Rory, right? So mm -hmm. he's, he didn't finish toward the top right now, but wait for him until after the first round, maybe after the second round, but any guys that are like seven, seven shots back going into the weekend that can clearly make it up. Like Rory can make that up in a Saturday and now he'll be tied going into to Sunday. So try and yeah. look for those type of opportunities because that's when you can get like better value. So do you have any, any strategies going into any of the, the major events? No, what you just said is certainly the best, the best strategy. Look for, you know, look for a guy who, uh, you know, maybe on Thursday and Friday, good, like a, a player that you know is good, you know, who might be, might be one or two on or something like that. And, and you know, it, it, it does help in golf, I think, to really watch the rounds or at least follow these players that you want to keep an eye on um, because you can kind of see like, oh my God, just like a total brain fart, missed putt, things like that, that, you know, cost them, you know, one, two strokes where it's like, all right, they're, they're two under, but they probably could have been five under. And those are the guys you want to jump on to, to make up, make up ground on, on going into the weekend. Um, so that, that's usually a, a sound strategy for me. I think we're on the same page um on that one uh and the other thing I, i'll sometimes do kind of using the same thing after watching guys you know play the first or second round on saturday and sunday i'll do a lot of head-to-head -head, um a lot of head-to-head matchups bet on bet on those um i, I you know I, I don't really have a great strategy other than like right, this player is playing a lot better than this player from what i see um so let me, let me see, let me see what this guy can do. Uh, so I, I like the, I like the head to head stuff too. I don't know. It makes it a little bit more exciting for me. I think so I'll certainly on Saturday, have a couple of those to, uh, to, to play, but nothing, nothing Woods, jumps out uh, right now for me. Tiger Woods actually finishes round. He is plus two on the day. He right. finished the day with, let's see, five bogeys, three birdies. So he's currently sitting 54. So he's right on that cut line. Be nice if he could make the, yeah. uh, make the weekend. That'd yeah, be, uh, be, yeah. I think it'd be just exciting for, for golf. At it absolutely is. Absolutely. Did you did you play anyone before the tournament to win? I did. So I took I took five different golfers and I just sprinkled some money on on guys that were further long shots. The five that I took were uh Tony Finau, I took uh Sunjay Im, uh, mm -hmm. Brooks Kepka, Bryson, and Abraham Answer. So those were the five going in. I liked all their odds because they were a little bit further down aside from uh, Tony Finau, but heard some good things about him going into the weekend. He's still 24 to one. So there's still value on, the, on that type of pick. And yep. then, like I said, that, that those are my long shots going in. And then I'm looking for a guy like, yeah. like Rory, uh, Rom obviously isn't going to fit that mold this week, but, but Rory is, uh, was he plus one right now? Something like that. So when looking for some of those guys going into the weekend to try and get better odds on them, um, and, and not just have them, have them take it from start to finish through the, uh, the lead throughout the entire weekend. And do you take answer just because you look just like them? Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> Place your bets. The NBA season is coming to a close. The Sixers have three games left, but it it looks like they have locked up the three seed. They're currently five games back from Milwaukee for five and a half games back from Milwaukee for the one seed. Milwaukee already clinched the number one seed and the number one uh, see throughout the entire playoffs. So even if they, they face, uh, the nuggets in the finals, they'll still have home court advantage. The Sixers had a great game against the, the Celtics, uh, two nights ago that they, I, they I almost was, I was there. Away. Oh my gosh. Did you stay till the end? Well, <laughs> all right. 
I'll tell I'm going to tell you this offline, but I I have figured out uh, the only way to navigate going to a game, getting out early, uh, not sitting in traffic on the way home. I will I will tell you this offline. It's it's a, it's a secret I learned, uh, which I will pass down, but not not on air because I don't too many people to know it. Um, so we left. Oh, I don't know about a minute and a half left. Uh, and now we're walking, and now I'm getting texts like, "What's going on? What was that call? Like, what's happening?" So there's a guy or a group of guys like walking in front of me, and the one guy uh, has it on his phone, and um, they were so they were reviewing the Embiid foul okay. at, at the time, and then I was like, "Oh my god!" So I just stopped, put it on, pulled it up on my phone real quick to watch watch the end of the game. So no, I was not there for the, the chaos at the end of the game. Although the uh, NBA's two minute report said everything was above board. Said no issues there, which is just insane. But um, fishing is bad. That uh, fishing is bad all year, but that game especially was was not great. Um, so no, I was not there for the end. Uh, but like standing in, in the middle of South Philly, watching this and just saying Jason Tatum's going to make a three here, <laughs> and they're going to lose this game was all that I could think about. So luckily, he didn't really get a clean look off at the end, um, and the Sixers were able to hang on to win. But. Man, this was this was very reminiscent of the last time the Sixers and Celtics played, but a little a little bit different in the regard that Embiid caught that ball. They're down, I think, three points. Embiid yeah. catches the ball with like 0.4 seconds left on the clock, has to avoid a defender. Shot puts it from 80% court length and yep. it goes in. Uh, however, he knew it immediately. He was about 1, 0.1, 0.2 seconds too late getting that off. It was very reminiscent where it went down to like, hey, this game could have gone either way. Now, I've never quite yep. seen a team, I want to say choke away the way the Sixers did, but just the way that uh, I'd say Boston actually just executed toward the end was just was remarkable. Well, I, I do think that that the Sixers needed this win and not just from like a like point stand standpoint, mm -hmm. but just the fact that they can beat Boston as much. Yeah. Like, I think it's just a mental thing. Well, you know, having Embiid score 52 helps. Um, and you know, what's interesting, though, about about that performance. Um, so I think, you know, they, they do that uh, uh, game score. So Embiid's in there a couple times um, within the top 100. I think this that game was 49th of all time. Best play game ever or 49th best play game ever. Being there watching it, I don't know how it how it seemed on TV with the, the commentators and everything, but just I don't know. It's like. Just, just felt like a game. Just felt like John B. Like I, I didn't know that he only missed five shots. It just felt like he played. I, you know, you notice he plays the whole entire first quarter and and, yep. and really dominates. Um, then he sits for six minutes of the second quarter, and then in the fourth quarter, you're just like, or from the end of the third going into the fourth, you just hope it's like, like you, you were very aware that Embiid was doing everything. Yep. Um, and and Harden works so hard to get Embiid a lot of those looks. Like that's the one thing that really jumped out to me. Um, how how hard Harden's been working, and and I don't think he'll play the next three games. I. I think it be might play a little bit, maybe Sunday. But anyway, um, the, the way I, I mean, it, 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 it honestly just just seemed like you were hoping the Sixers would be able to hold on while Embiid was on the bench and not get down 15 points because it was just like we know how that goes. There's so much, there's so much worse when he's not on the court. And they were able to, you know, hang on, and then he comes back and he just keeps making shots. And it was like, I, I mean, all right, yeah, we might see 60 tonight. Like I, I knew that, but it didn't feel like some extraordinary game. And I think that's a lot of why Doc Rivers' comments at the end were, or in his press conference, were just MVP's over. It's done. Like, if he doesn't get it, there's a huge problem. So, um, yeah, I mean, the guy's just a, a phenomenal offensive player. There's nothing else really to say about it. He can, he so can you, just score at you will. You touched on Harden, and the one thing that I've noticed 
this year specifically with Harden is that every every action, every movement he takes is purposeful. Like every jab step, every mm-hmm. dribble, it's even like every time he like takes a step backwards or forward, yes. he actually reminds me a lot of like a boxer in terms of like getting his distance on the opponent. And he's always, mm-hmm. you know, when he stands there and he dribbles the ball between his legs five times in a row, he's almost waiting for the other the other defender to make the first move. Like he's yeah. waiting for yep. him to lean on his back foot or to think like he's about to shoot a step back. So I need to lean forward or yep. he's about to drop by me. I need to lean back. And he, he just waits for that moment. And then he knows when to capitalize. So it reminds me a lot of like a boxer in terms of like getting your distance with the player. So that's been, it's been really interesting to like watch those intricacies of his game that I don't think I picked up on as much when he was with uh, Houston or with the nets, but just one of the things that he does very well. Yeah. I say it a lot. You know, when he came out, I, I remember him being a guy who would dribble down the court and just shoot a three and never miss. And then he came to the Sixers. And if you remember the first couple games with the Sixers, it was like 40 points, 15 assists, 10 yeah. rebounds for like three games. It was just insane. Uh, but but having, you know, watched him basically every night for for a couple of years now, he, he's probably like in, in terms of of basketball IQ. Like he, he I, I may have made this comparison on, on the podcast before, but he reminds me kind of like Chris Pronger in his prime. Like. Mm-hmm he's not he's not going to make a mistake like everything is is calculated you know yes. he, he kind of knows what's happening before it unfolds that's that's kind of what it reminded me of like when you watch pronger um playing hockey you know for we saw him with the flyers but just so intelligent like he just he just knew like just so intelligent i think about um i was thinking about this story i can't remember who told it um uh so magic johnson like present day magic johnson basically is playing like pick up basketball, but it's kind of with like some, some celebrities. And uh, there was an actor playing in the game and Magic Johnson is, you know, playing point guard in this game and a couple possessions down the same team and a couple possessions down. The actor is yelling magic, 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 not getting the ball, not getting the ball. So they're walking like whatever, taking a break or something. They're, they're walking back to a bench and I can't remember who the actor was because like, dude, you got to pass me the ball. And Magic's like, you don't think I see you? Like, I see you. I, I know what I'm doing, you know? Uh, I always think that's funny. But uh, yeah, he just so yeah. much, just seems so much smarter than, than you know, the average, the average player. Yeah, so. he, he can tell that, like, it's, it's, it's almost like he can tell every step you... You see where the pass mm-hmm. is going to be, and you yes. you're thinking through the process of if I pass this there, that defender is going to go there. The defender in the corner is going to go to help. So I could do a skip. Like you can see, mm-hmm. like it's not just one pass away. He's thinking through all the all the times that he's done this before and how the defense is going to react and yep. how the play is going to unfold. So yep. it's 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 pretty incredible to watch. Um, so where do you think the Sixers, as they stand third? Uh, they're currently projected to go against the uh, Nets in the first round, and that looks like it should hold. They're up two games on the Heat. I yeah. really hope they don't have to play the Heat in the first round. That would be yeah. a, so, a so, tough sled of it. So as of last night, um, Bucks 100% chance to get the first, Celtics 100% chance to get the second, Sixers 100% chance to get the third, Cavs 100% chance to get the fourth, Knicks 100% chance to get the fifth, and the Nets have a 99% chance to get the sixth. So they'll be playing the Nets. Um, they'll be playing the Nets in the uh, in the first round, which huge not to have to play the Heat. Oh, yeah. and, and and not that you can't beat the Heat. If the Sixers couldn't beat the Heat this year. That that's a you know bye bye Doc yep. River, a huge problem. Um, but I think that you could make fairly quick work of the Nets, and I don't think they're going to beat you up too much. The Heat are just going to beat your ass up and down the court, and you really don't need that going into a second round against a really good team. Um, so you know, I think I think you're dead on. You do not want to play the Heat in the first round playoff series. And guess what? If you're the Boston Celtics, you don't want to play the Heat either. either. No one wants to. You just know it's going to be a long two weeks. And even though 
The Sixers are a bear team. Boston's a bear team. Yep. It's just you you just don't want Jimmy Butler running his mouth no. for for two weeks and, and telling you how much better he is than you. It it, it does take a toll. He's he's a good player. Yep. And uh Spolcher is a good coach. So yep. you just it, you don't want to have to go through that. And I think it actually would be beneficial if the Celtics have to play them for the potential second round matchup against the Celtics. I agree. I'm really excited for the Eastern Conference playoffs uh this year. There there are a lot of good uh there are a lot of good um uh matchups yeah, that, there's a ton that are going to come up yeah Especially so we'll see how the, the second round should be should be playing goes but hopefully you'll uh, have the heat at that seven seed and then let's wait to talk about the western conference because there's so much in flux that <laughs> oh, it, it's yeah. not really even worth it so <laughs> let's wait on that but the one thing i i didn't mention this to you uh before we started but i if you remember at the very beginning of the year we did what we called an nba combined team win total draft oh yeah and what we did was uh joe myself and you we each hit uh, select it. Let's see how many teams did we go? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We each picked nine teams. That's a random number. We each picked nine teams across the entire NBA. We did it. Uh, we didn't even do snake uh, draft style. So we did every other, you got the first pick and you went with the Celtics. Um, I had the second pick. So let's go through your team. First, you went Celtics in this order, Clippers, Warriors, Suns, Sixers, Heat, Cavs, Nets, Trailblazers. My side. I took the Bucks first and then went with the Grizzlies, Nuggets, Mavs. Oh, not the best pick. Hawks, uh, Timberwolves, Raptors, Bulls, and Knicks. So at this point, between both of our teams, there's only two teams that we picked that that aren't uh, in a current playoff spot. And that's yeah. Trailblazers for you, which was your last pick, and the Mavs, yep. which was my fourth pick. Yeah. Uh, so at the All-Star break, we actually did a, a total count. So there's, I think, roughly three games left per team. Um, at the All-Star break we did a count and you were up by 10 games you were up 306 to 296 right. going into the final week of the season we are tied at 404 wins apiece wait really yes that's yes. insane that is it's pretty remarkable wow wow all right we, we wow we, we we'll keep you posted on that, that it's, it's not, gonna be I, interesting because i, I actually i kind of like my spot because you have a uh, you have some teams that have already locked it up as you mentioned i'm i have some teams that are still fighting for uh spots. yeah 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 that's true so we'll uh we'll see how that plays out over the next week and provide an update uh next week before the playoffs start awesome place your bets all right chain the fillers are one in five home opener is friday now postponed from uh thursday where it didn't rain but here we are um i am just here to tell people not to worry. I, I really am not worried. I, I have no concerns. Yeah, me neither. You, you run into you run into different, you know, different things throughout the course of the season. They're running into a bad spot right now. Uh, why though am I telling people not to worry? A the, the pitching staff's gonna figure it out, and Thompson has a lot of new arms that you have to figure out. Uh, you have Greg Soto, who looks awful in two games, great in one. But you got to remember, the guy was you know stuck overseas with visa issues the entire spring training. You have World Baseball Classic guys who are coming, you know, coming back who aren't really playing. You have you have a lot of new arms in that bullpen. You have to negotiate when you're when you're the uh, the manager, and you have a lot of injuries. You have Hoskins out now. You, you might have Derek Hall out. You, you might have uh, uh, Brandon Marsh didn't didn't play the last game. Um, so you, you have you have a lot of a lot of issues that teams face throughout the course of a season. They're just getting it all at once. Um, why be optimistic though? Uh, pretty simple for me. It's uh, Bryson Stott and Alec Bohm are raking. They are absolutely hitting the ball uh, as well as I think that that they can. And, you know, we heard Kevin Long say last year, Bryson Stott's going to win batting titles. 
he might win a batting title this year if he keeps it up. The guy can really, really hit. You have Trey Turner at the top of the order who is is giving you exactly what you would expect from him. Um, and you just really, you know, Schwarber's got two home runs now. He might be heating up a little bit. Uh, Ramuto's got to got to start swinging the bat a little bit better. Um, Castellanos, I just don't even know about that guy anymore. But those bats are going to wake up and they're going to go on runs and they're they're going to figure out the bullpen. They're going to get you know, healthy arms in the pitching staff. So I'm just not worried. And I think that the next time we talk, they're going to have won six games in a row. I, I don't I'm predicting seven and five when we get back here. I don't disagree with anything you said. I, I, I'm i totally on board. I'm not worried at all. And I think it, it really comes down to when they got hot last year. They start to figure it out toward the end of the yeah. year. They did have that, that one stretch in the middle of the season. I think it was... It was a little bit past halfway through halfway point where they won 15 in a row or something well, like that. If they fired draw, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I'm looking at it that way, and and you you're saying all the right stuff. They even though they get off to a slow start, we know what the core of this team can do, and just trying to figure out the best way to incorporate the new pieces. It doesn't need to happen at the beginning of the season. You know, there's some teams that get always get off to a hot start and they crumble toward the end of the season, and and the Phillies are not one of those teams. So I'm I'm really excited excited to 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 see how this plays out and i'm in i'm in no hurry similar to it's almost similar to you know the the phillies took a while uh we we were talking about the phillies because they went to the world series so we started to talk about the eagles a little bit late right and then the eagles made it all the way we we didn't touch too much on the sixers this year and now we're getting into the sixers so i think it's just one of those times we're going to be talking about the sixers a lot in the upcoming weeks and we'll we'll pick up the phillies when when the time is right Absolutely. It's good to have a lot of a lot of competitive teams uh, and then one team that's a circus. So it, it makes it fun to, to be a four for four Philly sports fan right now. Place your bets. For Joseph Minera, I'm Shane Curran. That's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Remember, rate, review, subscribe, and always bet on yourself. Philly and the Over is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe?